last week on Discount Heroes. And I like wave my hands like, over his chest and I heal him. <gasps> Did I get it? Slipping the ring off and stashing it in my pocket. The hand begins to wither and decay right before your eyes. The ring of sustenance, although this is like a much further amped up version. Try to scoop one up. A little bomb, please don't blow up. Hey guys, there's a, a cave up ahead. Caves are creepy. I'm in. Numerous other animal bones litter the immediate entrance to the cave. Uh, I would like to search the backpack. So inside it, you actually find a fairly well-maintained set of tinker's tools. And you find a pouch that's full of herbs. This isn't herb. It's called spellbane. There are stones lighting the trail. You check one out. What name do you read? Jimothy Quirty. As you're playing the song, though, you see a small little light appear. These little motes of light just hanging in the air. Yeah, we're just jamming away. Cops is dancing. Everybody's dancing. They form a little arrow. I feel like we need to follow these guys. And the, the lights, they dance in front of you, frenzied. Off in the distance, you see something almost creature-like. I'm going to uh, creep forward towards it. And then with a very surprising burst of speed, it lunges towards the four of you. I don't think we're doing this right. Tonight on Discount Heroes. Welcome to Discount Heroes, where questionable results are always guaranteed. We are a chaotic, character and story-driven real play podcast. We've been playing for 15 years, more or less, and we just want to share with you the game that we love so much. My name is Brent. I'll be the DM for these four players here. Why don't you introduce yourselves and who you're playing? And my name is Tyler. I am playing the Circle of the Stars druid, Copes. Do you want to join my band? This is Aaron, and I'll be playing Demarok, the Tiefling Bard. This is Jared, and I play Thrasher, the Human Barbarian. And this is Matt, and I'm playing the Gnome Wizard, Knox. So, I wanted to replace the initial word I used intrepid the last three times. Give me another adjective. Ontrepid. Outtrepid. Uh, give me a definition of intrepid. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Country, Country of, of origin. origin. <laughs> we can't do anything. Fearless. Adventurous. Lackadaisical. Unafraid. Undaunted. Dauntless. What about unafraid or dauntless? Unflinching. Mayonnaise covered. Uh, sticky from mayonnaise. <laughs> Audacious. You know what? How about dynamic? Meddlesome. Inomitable. Ooh, Ooh I like that one. Inomitable. Inomitable? I said it completely wrong. Oh, it's inimitable. Inimitable. Plucky. All right. I can't choose between any Plucky. of these. Lucky. No. <laughs> Mayonnaise covered, man. Come on. Is this how we're starting? All right. I've lost faith in this exercise. Someone asked for me to use intrepid in a sentence? Yes. Here we go. Last week, our intrepid adventurers began <laughs> their adventure, having just watched their friend Knox get fucking exploded. <laughs> they found a mysterious hand with a ruby ring, now withered to dust encountered an abandoned cave and the mysterious ruin that the forest has now come to. They ended their adventure having ascended nearly to the top of the mount, Fargrave Mountain, and taking a well-deserved rest, where they encountered friendly motes of magic, which joined them in song. In the final moments, they encountered a strange creature of wooden joints and dowels, which promptly rushed them. Wow, you just, you always just leave out so much. We started at the bottom of the mountain. You're multiple episodes away, Aaron. Oh, we don't talk about six and seven. Correct. I thought he was way off. No, you know what? To Aaron's point, just start at the beginning, Brent. At a long, green-tinged planet. (laughs) 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 There fights a mighty battle of wits and wagers. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just, just as a side note here, 
you started it off with green tinged and the grass is green. So I just wanted to bring that up because we won that. And, you know, just to remind y'all for now, we'll see Matt. Once I'm an extremely powerful wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Once you can get mad enough, he will change the color of this grass. (laughs) We saved Knox. Yeah. And then traveled through the broken forest and theorized about why those diamond bombs were there. And then while taking a rest, we saw these little fairies and just trotted off after them, like following them into the dangerous darkness. And now we're standing in front of a tree monster. That is exactly what Brent said. Yeah, I realize that. Yeah, Knox is uh, not sure when Demi will explode from the bomb he has in his shirt, but he knows it will happen. And he's standing 20 feet away from him at all times. Say, come help me, bro. Like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> Demi falls down on the ground. Sorry, bro. <laughs> I'm ready to fight this tree monster, but all I have is this stupid axe. I don't know what I'm supposed to... Oh, ne- never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad that I remembered about the bomb in my pocket now. Because that could have been an explosive detail later. As for the area around you... Just as this is the redescription of that, Zenith of the Mountain, the forest is dead, desiccated, dried, empty husks remain of the once vibrant wildlife and plant life that once clearly existed here. A breeze nearby causes a tree to collapse into fine dust, almost like soot from a fireplace. Glossy black residue lies on the ground, vaguely reflecting the skylight above. It extends off into the distance, just out of sight, obscured by desiccated trees. It looks like it leads toward the top of the mountain. So that's the area you, you're in. Okay. So just to put you back in the moment, I'll give you the description of the creature again. You've been enjoying your song of rest when the uh, the little motes of something, you called them fairies, sort of just started dancing around frantically. And they led you out of the small clearing that you'd found as you approached something, some kind of silhouette of something on the ground. They got more frantic and eventually fled in the other direction. The thing's gnarled body, as it approaches you, enters a spot of skylight, and you see its body seems made of knotted lengths of wood dowels connected with joints of also wood, with its body shapened into a monstrous animal on four legs. Its strange mouth splits the wood loudly on what you could call a face and emits a horrifying sound, and then rushes forth. Right. I'm assuming we're rolling initiative. Yeah, let's just do initiative real quick. Yep. Uh, I got a 14 initiative for Demarok. Uh, Knox got a 20. Dirty 20. Cope's got an amazing critical 20, so 21. That's going to be a 9 for Thrasher. Just a side note, the DM is rolling multiple. All right, initiative is rolled. Copes, what's your dexterity bonus? Uh, one. And Knox, what's yours? Uh, three. Copes is first. You hear wooden joints creak and splinter as the creature drops low like an animal before springing forth and rushing the four of you. So that's what it's in the middle of doing. How close is it to me? It is 60 feet away. Okay, and it's charging at me? That's what it looks like. Okay, does it have eyes? It does not. Damn it. Its head is a strange, almost flattened wooden thing almost like someone took a thick wooden dowel and then shaved one side flat and then a split at the bottom where its strange mouth resides okay and it's charging right at me i'm gonna use my cool shit that i haven't got to use yet so i'm gonna do like a pirouette and as i pirouette i'm gonna summon the archer form of anjanath on my body and this is me using my circle of the stars subclass to summon my archer form just a constellation of the archer appears in me and i can use it to do like bonus attacks Tell me what it looks like. Yeah, so I've thought about this. Are you fine with me using like other things than a bow and arrow? Well, as long as it does the thing it says, then that's fine. Okay, so I'm going to draw. Copes draws his arm back, and on, on his arm you can see a luminous javelin, and he's going to huck it right at the charging monster. This is the same as a regular attack, right? That's right. Well, it's whatever it says. I think it's a spell attack when you use your archer form. Yeah, it's a ranged spell attack, so it's just a... If it's a spell attack, it's going to at least get your proficiency, and it's going to add your wisdom bonus also. So it's a d20 plus four. Okay, so as it's charging, Copes is going to use his Circle of the Stars specialty, and he's going to 
turn into the constellation of the archer. That gives me some super cool attack. So as the constellations light up on his body, he's going to rear back on his arm. You see almost a spectral javelin. And I'm going to chuck it at the wood monster. And I rolled a 16. 16, that's a hit. Okay, with a hit, my attacks deal radiant damage equal to 1d8 plus my wisdom modifier. So here we go. That is a 7. You throw a radiant javelin that pierces into the side of it, digging off a big chunk of wood. No blood or anything emerges from the wound. All right, and then I run behind Thrasher. <laughs> I think that's probably for my for my better my better health. All right, and now it is Nox's turn. Okay, so you said he's about 60 feet away. That's right. Okay, so Nox is going to... Uh, he's going to start sprinting towards the beast. He's going to look back. Hey, Cope, sorry, I know everything in this forest is dead, but the one living thing here is going to be dead too. And he starts whirling his blade around him as he rips it out of his sheath, and you start to hear a slight humming sound as he kind of spins it quicker and quicker around him. He starts running faster and faster, and he is going to activate his blade song, which is a new feature I got at second level. Oh, shit. And that is going to increase his speed and his armor and his ability to kind of get into combat and fight with a sword. So he's going to dash forward or run forward 35 feet and plant his feet on the ground waiting for the monster to approach. Actually, I'm going to go 30 feet right in the middle and then pull out a sword and hold his ground and prepare to attack it if it comes near. Okay. Is that a ready to action? Yes. I would like to say as he says that to me and then that little gnome runs (laughs) right into the middle of the clearing and pulls his little sword out. I'm pretty nervous. I'm pretty nervous for my boy Knox. (laughs) All right, now it is the creature's turn. It continues to barrel forward. It rushes. I was kind of under the impression that you guys were more or less standing together at the start of this fight, and you've only moved if you've said as much so far, right? Yes, I believe I'd be the only one who moved. And Cope's moved behind Thrasher. I'm assuming that's, what, five feet, maybe? Yeah, like five feet. As the creature charges, and as it charges, it just... Oh, no. Move straight through you, Nox. So you get to make your ready to action. Okay. Okay, so that's going to be an attack with my scimitar here. That is a 24 to hit. 19 plus 5. That's for, that's a hit for sure. I should have cast a spell, but uh, that's going to be 1d6 plus 4. So that's going to be a 1 plus 4, so 5 damage. All right. Is your weapon magical? Uh, it is the scimitar you gave me, that extra sharp scimitar. So I don't know. So it is not magical. Okay. It feels like there's a almost like a hard, honestly, like a lacquer-like finish on the surface, and your blade just makes a, a shallow gouge in it instead of digging in deep. Well, that's not good. Hey, Matt, I just want to point out, you said, you know, uh, I should have cast a spell. You're the wizard, so if at the end of your turn you ever think to yourself, hmm, didn't cast a spell just there, maybe reconsider your turn. Yeah, what fun would that be? <laughs> As it charges, it charges through you, Nox. So make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Could you clarify? Is it like ethereally through him? That's a five. Yeah, it completely obliterates the atoms that makes up his body and he explodes into a pile of blood (laughs) and guts. (laughs) That's a two plus three. So that's a five on the deck save. Deck saving throw. All right. So yeah, pretty much what you just said. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a pretty accurate description, Brent. Ooh, that's a that's a hard hit. You take nine damage. Oof. Man, these last two episodes. <laughs> As it blows past you and then charges into the other three of you. I got it, guys! Oh wait, nope! Let's get three more dexterity saving throws. That's a twelve for copes. I believe I can see this thing coming at me, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, with my danger sense, I have advantage on this dexterity saving throw. Damn it, forgot about your sight. Oh, which I will need. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> uh, that's going to be a dirty 20. Dimrock got a 14 saving throw. 14? So 12 is the lowest? It seems like I should have hid behind somebody who didn't have advantage on dexterity <laughs> saving throws. <laughs> if I had foreseen the future in the stars, I would have known that. You should have got on my shoulders. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> this is why you always go for uppies. The three of you just barely managed to jump out of the way, but it still tumbles and jostles the three of you for four damage. All of us? All three of you. And it continues 20 feet past you. It looks like it, it doesn't turn around or anything. It's just still mid-motion. Achi-machi. 
He's so feist. Hey, real quick. Sorry, I hate to do this. This is the same day as that Jared fought the bird, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, we took a rest. No, not a long rest, though. We did a short rest, yeah. So, basically, all I'm asking, this is my... I can't transform again. Don't you get those back on a short rest? No, I don't think so, no. Okay. All right, so now it is Demarok's turn with a... I guess it doesn't matter. Demarok's turn is now. All right, so the wood monster, the tree monster, comes blowing through me and kind of pushes me back to the side. And right as that was happening, Demi was reaching into his the front pouch on his tunic to activate his ethereal instrument. And he kind of never knows exactly what's going to come out. It's just always the right thing in the time. And as he pulls it out, it's like this long cylindrical cone with these ribs on it. And his other hand comes out with like a mallet-type stick. And he's holding a, a wiro. It's an instrument you might have played in school. It goes... Oh, it's a little fish. That's the fish, exactly. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> he's holding this little fish, and he backs up to like the edge of the tree line as he's pushed away and starts that rhythm. And he casts True Strike. And with the last beat of like last beat of his mallet, he directs all the energy from the instrument towards the tree monster and says, Hey, let me know your defenses, if you would. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Here we go. And this is a cantrip spell that allows me to see into the target's defenses. And on my next attack roll against the target, I get advantage on that roll. All right. I hate to use harsh language here, but you are a real mater copulator. I don't know what that means. Me neither. No. I also did not get that one. It's Latin. Mater. Oh my God. Get out of Mater copulator. We hate you. Yeah. Play your character. I don't remember where I heard that. Yeah. What do you do? You're getting another want want. <laughs> so this is a little bit beyond the scope of the spell, but I think it's a it's a good use for true strike here because not a lot of people use it. You cast the spell, you hone in on the, the chunk of wood that was pried free from Cope's first attack. Like that's a weak spot. What spot is that? The spot that he pried a chunk of wood from. Where is it on the monster? On his balls. Yeah, it's right on his balls. <laughs> well, Cope's is the one that threw it. So it's definitely on his balls. <laughs> oh, it's right in his brain. Just tore a chunk out of its head. And the brain is where? Uh, in its balls, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's hanging brain. <laughs> yeah, I hit the, the javelin, hit him right in the, uh, what are they called? Twigging two berries. Beanbag. Yeah, and the balls. The huevos. I like twigging berries. So I'm playing this Wiro. And as I'm charging up the energy, it shoots out of the front of this Wiro and hits the wood directly in the center. And you see this little thin, sparkly fragment travel. And it circles all around his body, up and down, up and down, and moves towards the brain and (laughs) towards the top of it, where you'd imagine the brain might be. And I see it start to, like, center on where Copes had done some damage to it and pulsate there. Hey, guys, if we want to take this guy down, I think we got to aim for his noggin. Shoot it in the head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just hit it in the head. Kill it, kill its head. That's a novel strategy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one's thought of that one. <laughs> yeah. Knox is just laying on the ground 40 feet away, <laughs> just sticks a thumbs up. up. <laughs> Got it! Next one is Thrasher. Uh, first, Thrasher is going to rage and then charge in there with his axe and give it a little whop right on that there noggin. Well, it's back his turn to you. Oh, even better. Yeah, I'm coming up behind it and giving it a whack on the noggin. And that's going to be a 23 to hit. That's a hit for sure. I thought it might be. Ooh, you know what? I'm going to do this. Nah, 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 I didn't say it before. I won't do it recklessly. Yeah, let me just roll damage. That is going to be 11 damage total. All right. I realize we never clarified this. Why don't you tell the listeners what rage is exactly? So as a barbarian, I get to go into a rage during battle. And I can do this a couple of times a day before I go to sleep. Take a little nappy nap. And while I'm raging, I do a little extra damage. And I can attack recklessly, which means that I can choose to have advantage on my attack rolls. But it also gives them advantage when attacking me. And I also have resistance to most physical types of damage while I'm raging. So I'm just a big angry guy ready to fight. I met your character. Oh, uh... (laughs) Uh, I was... No, no, what what is rage, exactly? 
Webster's Dictionary defines rage. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for explaining that. All right. So, and you dealt how much damage again? Sorry. It was 11 total. 11 total damage. And your sword is not magical, correct? Or your axe, excuse me. Uh, it is not. Way to bring axe. it up. <laughs> you feel some resistance as it gives a nice thunk instead of the chopping that you were hoping for. You dig into it, but not quite as much as you were expecting. Can I speak freely there? Yeah, anyone is free to speak. Okay, so I, th- I see Thrasher attack there. I'm like, hey man, that's the right idea, but I think we got to get him in the front. We need to hit the same spot over and over to take this guy down. Roger that. That was to the last person in the initiative, right? Thrasher was the lowest? Yes. 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 So I need everyone to roll a perception check now. Real quick, I do get Wild Shapes back on short rest, so. That's good to hear. Oh, Dimrock got a 16 on perception. Nox got a 5. That's a big old 4 for Thrasher. And that's an 11 for Copes. All right, so Demarok, honestly, you're probably the least likely person to hear this because you're grinding away with your instrument, but in between rat-tat-tats, you hear something. Off in the woods from the direction that the uh, the wooden creature was running, or I guess the opposite direction that it's currently running from which he came. So with your perception check, you hear the grumbling and rustling of creatures not far from where this wooden thing emerged. They're heading in your direction. Hey, guys, I think... I think these enemies might be branching out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think I hear more of them coming from whence he came. You mean over by where I'm standing by myself? Yeah, I think they're right behind you, man. Ah. I start just going crazy on my little hero. <laughs> just the image of you just furiously scratching <laughs> away at it. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> bra, 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 bra. and I'm trying to like pop off a bardic inspiration to send in Knox's direction. <laughs> If only it was your turn, yeah. <laughs> oh, just see if I can get it by, you know. It's always worth a shot to trick your DM. I forgot to. Can I do it like, can we retroactively? All right, so you did remember it yourself without me reminding you. So, yes, I, 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 don't, I want to reward this behavior. <laughs> yes, I'm growing and changing. So in the future, he will remember. <laughs> Bam, well, that happened. You can't tell what type of creature you're hearing, but you definitely hear the rustling. And then it is Cope's turn. All right, Brent, we are in the trees, correct? Uh, Such that they are, yeah. They're not in great shape. One of them collapses as you think whatever it is you're thinking. Oh, no, I was thinking of something. Is there a branch above me? Fine. How high is it? (laughs) How high is it? Just tell me what you want here, man. Is (laughs) Is my jump a movement? It is movement, yeah. Okay. I want to jump and see if I can get on a branch. Okay, well, I feel like you deserve to know that it does not look like it could support you 100%. <laughs> can I tell that as Cope? Oh, 100%. Remember, this is you're in the area where like all the trees are dead, basically. Oh, wait, well, you took a rest outside of that area, right? Mm-hmm. Let him roll a luck check after he jumps for it. After he jumps for it. Luck's good. <laughs> I like that. Here's my thought. I have mirthful leaps. I want to use it. Like, I can jump high. Give me some luck. Just straight D20? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's a that's a half a 20. <laughs> half of the numbers, yeah. Half of the numbers, yeah. That's a, that's a two. All right. I mean, there's plenty of branches up there, but... I jump. All right. <laughs> you add a D8 to the number of feet you jump. Doesn't seem worth making you roll here. Okay, that's fine. You succeed in jumping up to the branch. Yeah, and then what happens? You're trying to grab hold of it? Yeah, I was gonna. All right, and as you place your hands on it, the tree itself, not the branch, suddenly just <laughs> collapses entirely. <laughs> there's, there's a moment of cartoonish delay as you're carried a little bit by your momentum still upward, so you're just hanging in free fall for just a moment, <laughs> holding on to this branch, which then crumbles into dust in your hands. Oh, no! And then just give me an acrobatics check to land on your feet. That's a five. <laughs> That's a five. Stop, man. As you tumble down to the ground in a newly formed pile of ash. Okay. Is that my movement? That's just your movement, I guess. It's fine if you take my action. Something about that reminds Demarok of the bomb in his pocket, and he just cradles <laughs> it a little more gingerly. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stand up, brush myself off, and shoot guiding bolt. You gotta say something after that. 
After what? After you stand up, everyone just saw you do After this. After what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't put me on the spot. Um, you put you on the spot. So true. I'm not an adult enough to play this game. Um, okay, bros, I thought that I could get like some height advantage, and that was totally fucked up. But I'm going to make up for it right now. And I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt. Or what is it? Yeah, Guiding Bolt. All right. That's your second use of it today? It is. What is it? 3d8? You got to roll the hit. So, 15. That's a hit. Cope stands up. He's a little He's a little bit embarrassed because um, he thought he was going to do something cool. He bends down, points his horns at it. Lightning shoots between his horns, and he launches a guiding bolt at this guy. And it is 4d6 radiant damage. That is a 12. All right. After you strike it, it shines with a sparkling light, outlining its form. So the next person has advantage. Well, I was reading as a circle of the stars drew, and my archer attack is a bonus action. Oh, that's awesome. I should have taken away your action. I, t- I tried to tell you. <laughs> I think that's the whole shtick, right? I can cast Guiding Bolt and then throw yeah. something at it. Okay. Out of the range. Okay, so Guiding Bolt hits for 12, and then I'm going to rear back and huck a Spectral Javelin at it. Uh, 12 to hit. A 12 just glances off the side. All right, well, then I quit. Wait, you had advantage on that. Oh, I have advantage. Because the Guiding Bolt you just used. Yeah, I know how to play this character. Shut up. I've been playing for 15 plus years. <laughs> <laughs> Of questionable D&D. Yeah, this is so true. Aha, 14. That's a hit. That's a hit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he hits. That's a 1d8 plus my wisdom. That is a 9. So another javelin takes it for 9 damage. So that was 12 plus 9 more damage? Yes. That's a hefty bunch of blasts. After eating shit like a complete asshole yeah. <laughs> off a tree branch. <laughs> Sometimes you fall out of a tree. You were there when I did it. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I didn't think getting high would help him so much. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tip, kids. Get high like the stars. And you'll do so much better in life. <laughs> All right, so you throw a pair of devastating radiant star energy blasts at this thing, tearing off large chunks of its wooden form. It looks severely injured. And then it's Nox's turn. Okay, so Nox immediately starts running back towards a group of people. He is 30 feet away. He's got 35 feet of movement. So he sprints towards him. He's, he's kind of moving a little over to the side. So we're not all four in a perfect line like last time. And he runs past Copes. Hey, Copes, that turn ended a lot better than it started, man. Nice turnaround. Thanks, bro. Uh, and he is going to cast Toll of the Dead at this creature. So he, uh, in his hand, a orange glowing light of a bell shows up. And he swings his little scimitar into it, ringing a loud sound uh, that booms towards this wood creature. And that is going to be, it's going to be a wisdom saving throw where he will take 1d12 necrotic damage because he's already injured. It does some extra damage. Okay. So he gets a 14. Yeah, that's going to pass. So I guess the sound rings out, but it just doesn't do anything. And uh, it probably doesn't have ears. (laughs) Yeah, look over (laughs) it. Oh, yeah, you're right. He doesn't have ears. Remember, hit him in the head. (laughs) Dimmy told you, bro. It's its turn now. The, The wooden creature's turn. You've struck it with all these attacks. For not one moment did it break stride, and it continues onward into the woods. Oh, no. It doesn't even want to attack us. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is it running from something? So anyone who has attacks of opportunity available and attacked it on its left... Well, no, it moved 20 feet away. Did it not attack Copes when it ran through? It attacked all of you when it ran through. Yeah. Yeah, Thrasher ran up to it and hit it, so he should have been right there. Oh, that's that's correct, yeah. So, Thrasher, you're in position to hit it. Like I said, didn't break stride even a second with all the attacks, and it just keeps going into the woods. Then I'll smack it again. I think it's my turn, right? 14? This is an attack of opportunity. Um, for those of you that don't know, an attack of opportunity is when an enemy enters melee range or is in melee range and then leaves melee range. You basically get a free attack from it. Does 14 hit? Second, it does hit. Four. 13 damage. 13 damage with your non-magical axe. Why is someone laughing at that? Air just dumped about an entire fine fireball all over himself. It's all over my computer. I gotta stop. Oh my god. Alright. Let's pause. What just happened? He just dumped. Oh my god.
It's going to be sticky everywhere. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my God. What was the goal there? Did you think the cap was on? Oh, no. What was that? He can't even hear us. <laughs> what the fuck, bro? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> Who could be so fucking stupid? It's all of my character sheets. <laughs> my friendship points are ruined. Oh, it was so deliberate. I meant to do it like with... Why did you do that? I just see him hold a bottle of fireball up. He does this. He's like holding it out. And he just dumps it. Brent, is something chasing this thing? We're about to find out. Because that would be a good goof. The only, the only fucking time I don't try to talk to it, I even thought about it. It's finally good. It's finally fucking good. If you made me blow all my shit, all my jumping ability, <laughs> it's a good trick. Yeah, I rolled a five on my deck save. That should have been fine. All right, where were we at? It continued running. Thrasher made an opportunity attack. Connected. You strike it with your axe, and as your axe buries itself... Bury it. Buries. <laughs> With my money. Into the wooden creature's body. You just drive through one of the uh, wooden joints that make up its legs, and it breaks stride immediately and crumbles to the ground, sliding a few feet forward and laying motionless. This is a great time for you hear rustling from the bushes as those things that you heard previously get closer, and four goblins sprint out of the woods. They're holding rusty woodsman's axes. It looks like they were in the process of chasing this thing. Oh, man. We're killing the wood creature. No. They stop suddenly as they look at the four of you. You recognize one of them. Perception check. Splinter. Did Splinterhead live? Yeah. He did. He did live? Yeah, because when we were tracking him, you looked for the marks of a splinter running down the alley. Look, I see goblins. Uh, no hesitation. Thrasher is immediately on those goblins. Your turn just happened, so this is happening. I don't care. <laughs> no, it wasn't his turn. That was opportunity. <laughs> oh, that's true. It was opportunity. It'll be Demarok's turn right after this. The goblins halt in their tracks for a moment. You see them peeking around the four of you, looking at that wooden thing on the ground. They look at the four of you. I assume there's like a moment where you're all staring at each other. Yeah, I think Dimrock's playing his hero, and it's just like crack, crack, as he comes to a stop and sees the goblins that terrorize their town. I think Knox sees the goblins and looks back and goes, Thrasher, don't kill that thing. I think it's our friend. Oops. Oh, Thrasher. <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. Oh, why'd you do that, man? All right, you have this moment with the goblins. Splinter head. <gasps> the splinter's still there. It looks infected. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're the problem here. Oh, my God. He holds up his axe and charges at the four of you. The other three goblins look at each other and flee into the woods. Mm. Does he say anything? He says something in goblin. What's it sound like? That was a really good goblin. Sounds accusatory. <laughs> that was racist. <laughs> so technically, those three goblins would be doing that on their next turn since they kind of ended their turn when they emerged, but you can see that they are moving into the woods to flee. Well, technically, they would be fleeing on the next <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dork playing D&D. <laughs> Well, I didn't tell you someone was fleeing before, and you killed it. <laughs> Is it dead? You'll have to... I don't know if you have the medicine knowledge required. It's a tree, and I'm a druid. All right, so... Yeah, well, it's Demarok's turn. So, yeah, so Demarok's kind of shook about the whole tree death thing, but excited to see, like, our enemy standing right in front of us. And with almost no spells left in his arsenal, he reaches behind him and pulls out a whip that he's had since episode one, but just hasn't had the need to use. At least not that you've heard about. Well, yeah, maybe that one night. Is he just holding his tail? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, it's not his tail. 
straight up Indiana Jones. And above his head, he starts whirling it around. Whoosh, whoosh, and then just does a, I guess, a melee attack and just snaps it towards the goblin, trying to hit the axe in his hand. Okay. So if you actually want to disarm him, you can roll with disadvantage. And if you hit, then I'll let it happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, what do I add to melee hits? Just your strength. And if you're proficient with it, then that. But I don't think you're... I don't know. I, I don't remember if bards get whip. I think they do, actually. Oh, right, just plus one. So I'm going to roll with disadvantage. 13 plus one with disadvantage. That's a hit. That's a hit. So go ahead and describe that. He pulls it out from behind his back and starts crawling around his head and just tries to have immense focus. I'll put a sound in there. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And it's just the tip of the whip extends out away from him and wraps around the handle of the brown axe and just, and I pull, I tug back swiftly and just yank it out of his hand and it scatters over towards my feet. You've pulled it out of his hand and he's still just charging as though he's holding it. (laughs) (laughs) And then it is, we'll just continue the initiative as it was. It would be Thrasher's turn after that. Thrasher looks at the goblin and looks at the tree on the ground and looks back at the goblin. Uh, I don't know if it made a sound, but when this tree fell in the forest, it certainly made an impression on me. Oh, sweet Jesus. And then he's going to charge the goblin, and... <laughs> Demarok doubles over in laughter. He's just, just fucking done with the fight. The best thing he's ever heard. I charge the goblin, and I grapple him. All right, make your roll to grapple. That'll be a 17. That's a grapple. Do you get advantage on that while raging, too? Is that one of the benefits of rage? If it's an attack. It's, it's uh, Grapple is an attack roll, so it, it doesn't count the same way. Yeah, no advantage. I could get more damage if I was doing damage, but I just want to grapple him to the ground. If it was, like, just a strength check only, then you get advantage on it. Okay. So you, you grappled him. You can describe that as you, as you see fit. He's charging with no axe in hand. You know, not even, uh, I said grapple him to the ground. I'm just going to run at him as he's running at me and just bear hug him and stand up. Now I'm just bear hugging a goblin. As you get close, he tries to bring down his axe and (laughs) he looks down at the empty hand for a moment and then you bear hug him to the ground. All right. So then it would be Cope's turn. I'm going to run over and check on the, uh, the monster. Thank you. Or the, the wood guy. If you want to skip ahead, if no one's going to go after the fleeing goblins, we can drop initiative and just go. I'm all right with that. Yeah, I'm not going to chase. Well, is that goblin dead that Thrasher's got? No. No, I didn't hurt him. I'm just, I'm holding him. I want to talk to him. Oh, uh, you got him? Nox's turn. He's really the last one that gets to go before they do. Are, are they pretty far away? No, they're really close. They only just started to flee. He's going to cast Grease, this motherfucker. <laughs> Look, I can see it on his <laughs> stupid face. <laughs> um, gosh. No, no. If, 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 <laughs> Do it. Do it. No, if Thrasher's got him pinned down, uh, that's probably some useful information. So Nox is going to kind of... Do what you would have done. Grease is like... It's Nox's Expelliarmus. <laughs> I know. I've literally cast it once, and I only have a limited amount of pork rinds, and I've eaten most of them, so Nox is just going to run over and help Thrasher in case this guy tries to wiggle away. He'll aid you so you get a plus two to your roll to continue to grapple him. We can go ahead and break combat now. Just make one roll to, like, hold him. Just another strength roll? Yep. It was was a 19 and my, uh, whatever my advent, who cares? It's 19 plus. You imagine he must be swearing in the goblin language? It doesn't sound like any of you understand it, but it sounds like, fuck, 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 fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means, but it sounds rough. You've got him in a hold that he can't break free from. The other goblins disappear into the woods, fleeing. I'm just going to slowly squeeze harder until he can't, you know, orate anymore because he can't get air in there. All right, so you've captured this goblin. You're going to make a move to, like, tie him up or something, if that's what you're doing, or what? What's happening? Uh, I'm just going to kind of keep him slung under one arm and just keep squeezing whenever he starts to wiggle for right now. I love that. Uh, and I'm going to go help check out this tree creature or treacher, if you will. Ooh. Oh, don't call it that. No, we're, I heard that somewhere. That's something else. Tree creature. I'm going to go check out this tree creature. All right, everybody else? Yeah, well, I, I ran over to it already. You go up to this thing's body. 
It doesn't appear dead. At least it's moving a little bit. It looks like it keeps trying to stand up, but it's unable to. So it really just stresses for a second. You hear wooden creaks and cracks, and then it just falls to the ground again. Brent, I'm imagining like a horse, it's arrow shot. No. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Petting its mane. Is that what's happening? It's like trying to get up. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Can I do a nature check to see? Here's my thought. If I cast cure wounds or something on it, is it going to help a a tree? I'd guess a spell healing wood would probably be better. I bet it would. So we need a ring of the grammarian. I don't want to just answer questions like that. If you want to try it, try it. Can I roll a nature check? Uh, that's, yeah. Does that do anything? I I might tell you something. Okay, I'm going to roll a nature check. I want to... That's a 12. That's a 12, yeah. To see the kind of the extent of its wounds and who who did this to him. I mean, whatever magic created this thing is clearly beyond the scope of what you've learned for yourself. It's... Fuck you. It's clearly beyond the scope. <laughs> so everyone can tell you've got no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking around the clearing. I'm like, what is this? Where this is I? druidic magic yeah. you could never comprehend. I just fashion a giant cone out of pine needles and put it on my fucking head. Yeah, I'll say this. You're you're not sure whether you'd call this thing living or dead. Gotcha. So it's not like a... I gotcha. Dimrock's there and sees that we definitely might have made a mistake. And we're here in this place to try to to help the forest and like help it grow. So he sees what Scope's doing and just only wants to help. So he runs up and reaches into his, his tunic and pulls out a series of their, their wooden wind chimes. And in his other hand, he's got a mallet and he just starts slowly like pulling across this wind chime and making a sound that kind of resembles the wind going through the forest we're sitting through. And he casts Song of Rest. So it takes a short. Which I can only do if we take a short rest which was I was about to get to. I mean, how long is a short rest? An hour? 30 minutes? One hour. I'd say you could try it. Yeah, we got to question the goblin and figure out where to go, and, well, they ran. Goblins know we're here. No, I agree with, no, I think it's fine. I'm saying you would think that maybe we could chill over an hour, right? Yeah, possibly. We're not in danger. I feel like that's fine. I mean, if he's dead, though, it it ain't going to help him to sit here for an hour. He's not dead, though. He's moving. Well, yeah, if it doesn't help, then we'll go. Okay, so yeah, I play the chimes and just try to cast Song of Rest. And it'll heal allies if we take a short rest with him. I'm not going to take the short rest. I'm going to stay on guard. But if anybody else does want to rest while we're doing this, be my guest. I mean, we're still on guard. We're not just sleeping. You can't short rest and guard. Be my guest. Take a rest. Put your dandy to the test. We've got dice, we've got <laughs> rum. Please come and have some fun. That was pretty good. It was something. Hey guys, I, I mean, we got to deal with this goblin. We got to see what's going on. I mean, are we gonna try to get some information out of him? If we're just gonna sit around here. They, those goblins know we're here. We don't know unless it lasts for an hour. Everyone has to be committed to taking this hour. Yeah, it doesn't work unless everyone commits to the hour. I'm going to interrogate a goblin and keep watch. I'm not resting. I'm gonna help thrash. So, so if you guys all commit, then Jared can do that. And so I just, I lay there next to the creature and just try to help soothe it and see if I can get its pieces back together. And I say, hey man, I'm sorry. Usually our bark is worse than our, worse than our bite. <clears throat> but we just got you. Ugh. The creature looks at you with a wooden expression and lays its head to rest. All right. So Thrasher, you're there with the goblin. Now that things have calmed down, I will go ahead and tie him up now. If he tries to do anything, I'll give him a smack on the head. It only takes like four or five smacks before he falls in line. (laughs) All right. Once he's tied up, I'll say, uh... So, uh, what you doing out here, little goblin man? I say the same thing again, but in orcish. Let's do a luck roll. What is a luck roll? It's just something when I'm not sure how to respond to something, and I just leave it up to pure <laughs> chance whether it has a chance of working. I have to feel like there's some chance that this could be the case for me to give a luck roll. Yeah, he might have lived in a camp of orcs. There's, you don't know. Orcs and goblins work together sometimes, right? Sure. Which means this should be a relatively easier luck roll. 
You know, like a DC 19. 11. He took three years of work in high school. So. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to go to the bathroom. <laughs> His little ears twitch and perk up in understanding. Looks at you quizzically. And then uh, repeat your question again. Sorry. What are you guys doing out here? It speaks in clearly broken orcish. Yeah, it looks like it only had a few years. <laughs> work work for boss. Have to do what boss says. What is your boss's name? Boss name, Jimothy. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. Great. Jimothy Quirty. Oh, my God. It's stop. Yeah. Is that your password yes. to, like, your bank account and shit? No, that's the name that I found on the uh, the stone it in the is. forest. Oh, no. Callback. To one episode ago. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Will you take us to your boss? He looks like he's about to say no, but then he thinks really hard for a second. It looks like it really takes him a lot of effort. Beads of sweat form on his brow. His veins begin to <laughs> pop. Seems like he's really working hard on some kind of idea here. He says... You you kill, boss? Probably anyway, but what's in it for us? Uh, he, he looks like real excited. Go, goblins, we, we hate boss. We hate boss. Please kill boss. We, we help you. Describe your boss. <laughs> he looks like he's struggling with what kind of words to say. He looks around. He points. He points at the wooden creature on the ground. Like like that, but but like us. Uh Thrasher kind of like brings his arms up wide into the edge. Big big boss. Mm, same. Same. Walks like this though, and he mimes just walking on two feet. Like metal, metal also from he looks like he's trying to think of something. No 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 how, no no how say it. Uh, I say in Elvish, do you speak Elvish? Jesus Christ. He's just looking at the world traveling goblin. Let's see what he knows. I have my doubts, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying everything I got, man. He just scrunches his face. He's like, no, 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 this word. If I untie you, will you stay with us and then take us to your boss? You kill me if I run? Absolutely. He just nods his head furiously. Okay, I, I, hel- I help. Only help. I'm going to untie him, but I think I'm going to leave a tether, eight-foot-long rope tied between one of his wrists and mine. All right, he does try to bolt immediately and then comically gets his arm pulled out of its socket. <laughs> well, Copes is going to turn him like, Thrash, what are you doing, bro? You can't just let him go. I'm not. Then what the... F- and that's when he runs off and doink. <laughs> but then what the <laughs> fuck, bro? He just ran away. I got him. Do you- <sighs> No, no, he did not run away. He went, doink. He tried He tried to run away. He tried. I stopped. Okay. Can I get that splinter back? I'm going to glue it back into my javelin. No. Damn it. Yeah, I don't know if I would touch that. It looks pretty bad. It might do some poison damage. <laughs> uh, I'm, that's mostly the information I single-handedly wanted to get out of the goblin. Uh, so now I'm just going to hang out with him until they're done trying to help the tree creature. All right, so you're continuing with your song of rest. You're playing your song about 40 minutes past. It's nearly been an hour. You hear rustling again from the woods. In fact, it's probably your little goblin friend, Splinterhead, that notices. Perks up when he hears the sounds of his allies, and he begins calling out to them in goblin. Thrash, shut him up, bro! Hey, what are you saying to them? What are you saying to them? He stops yelling. He says, I, I, I tell them, we, you, you friend. I tell them, you friend. Nox is going to immediately uh, pull out uh, one of his little stones of his spell book and start ritually casting a spell. It's going to take 10 minutes. Dimrock starts playing his, his wooden chimes just faster and faster, trying to see if he can <laughs> speed it up. <laughs> All right. After a few moments, the, the goblins emerge out of the woods kind of cautiously looking around. They see the four of you and they look prepared to run. There are seven of them now, but uh, he keeps calling out to them in goblin. You let him keep going? Uh, yes. Is there, like, anything that he's saying that I'm picking up? 
at all. Well, if you don't speak Goblin, I'd imagine. Thrasher has to know a little Goblin, though. Think about Thrasher. I feel like I've heard some Goblish, you know? No, you can't make out any of the words. The Goblins listen to him as he, he says all this stuff, and they kind of look at him warily, apprehensive, while looking at the four of you, Nox standing there with a magical energy emanating from him. His hair. He's got a little little pestle and mortar with some salt in it, and he gets some ash from one of the trees, and he's kind of grinding it up and smashing it. If it's been about ten minutes, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Do any of you speak common? They look amongst each other. One of them comes forward. He's like, I I know, I know some. I took four years in high school. <laughs> What's your name, little man? Uh, I'm Flargle Buns. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why are you guys laughing? I reach my hand out to him. It's a pleasure to meet you, Flargle Buns. So I've been talking with your buddy here, uh, Splinterhead, and apparently you guys have a boss you don't like very much. Yeah, yeah. We we hate boss. We have easy life before boss come along. We relax in woods, hang out with little spirits flying around. We just we just drink and have fun. No people come here. Boss make us do stuff. It's terrible. Is that why you're tearing down the trees? They look around kind of confused. What what you mean? Why were you attacking this tree creature? Boss said so. Boss said get get creature has to be tamed. Describe your boss, please. He looks around. He points at the the wooden creature on the ground like like that. But but like us it walks on two legs has metal though not like this one from the he thinks blacksmith i think that's the word so hispanic you gotta work on that that was so <laughs> this is the word Wait. Oh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i noticed Knox channeling the spell and him talking and i'm i kind of get up but i'm standing between the creature and the goblins just kind of watching the exchange because also i don't understand a goddamn word of anything that's happening. Pretty sure you understood me when I said, do any of you speak common? And then I understood from that point on. And then you understood the <laughs> goblin that started speaking common. Alright, so Flargobuns answered your question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flargobuns, why have you guys been kidnapping townspeople? Uh, boss makes us do it. He says we have to, or he'll make us into one of them. What is the boss doing with them? He points at the wooden creature, make, making them into one of them. Was that a townsperson? I point at the tree creature. He shrugs his shoulders. Only only one of the prisoners is. And he points at the thing again. I, I, I don't know where the others came from. Do you know how to turn them back? Uh, he shakes his head no. If we come with you and we kill your boss, will you guys stop attacking the town, stop kidnapping people, and stop attacking trees for no reason? They look at each other. And then they have a quorum. You can see them arguing amongst amongst each other for a, a couple minutes. And then they take a vote. And then they re-vote. And then they have another couple minutes of dialogue. Okay. And then they and then they vote again. Have we hit the ten minute mark yet? <laughs> <laughs> if this is taking a while at some point, I'm gonna throw in I would like to point out that the alternative is I kill all of you right now. Uh, Flargo Buns repeats what you said to the rest of them, and then they all nod at each other in acceptance. All right, <laughs> all right we're going to help you. If you'll get rid of the boss, then we'll help you whatever way we can. I'm more interested in the spell that fucking Nox <laughs> is about to blast into these goblins. I know exactly what he's casting. All right, Nox, you can finish the spell. So right after they come to an agreement, Nox stands up. I can now understand goblin. I'll translate for you. Oh, Oh, wait, did you figure everything out? Damn it! <laughs> hey man, it was a good backup plan. I appreciate it. It was supposed to be the plan! It was supposed to be the backup! <laughs> that was Comprehend Languages, right? Yeah, that was Comprehend Languages. Okay. I knew that's what you were doing <laughs> as soon as you started. Oh my god. <laughs> How long does that last? It lasts an hour. Talk to the tree guy. Well, one of them comes up to you. What, what kind of goblin are you? Hey man, that's offensive. He. I can't speak Goblin, by the way, so... Well, you can comprehend it. <laughs> you just cast Comprehend? He can comprehend it, not speak it. I can comprehend it. I can't speak it. Uh... I can understand it. Thrasher, we need to take these guys down. He's making fun of my height. 
they're they're your height, man. Yeah, he's making fun of me. That's what I said. Maybe after we kill the boss. Nox puts the goblin mask on. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> you get offended that he asks what kind of goblin you are, and then you immediately dress like a goblin. I've been trying to get him to dress up as that goblin for two episodes. Flargo Buns is like, we, we go now, you kill boss now, we, we show you the way. Ah, yes. Are y'all ready? Are we ready to go? First, we have to see if we can save this tree creature. We'll pass the time. The goblins spend their time roughhousing with each other and having a grand old time. They pull out some goblin ale. Nox walks up. <laughs> well, my friends. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me, uh, alehorn? Alehorn? Alehorn! I hand him my alehorn. Hey, I'm trying to get a free one from the DM. Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh. I remembered now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You've got an ale horn. Ah, yes. I'm going to go drink with the goblins. They happily share with you. They seem pretty friendly. Oh, this is nice. I think Cubs is still going to like, after he realizes this thing wasn't evil, I don't think he could just happily leave it without trying to help. All right. So the hour passes. The hour of rest completes. Those of you who were resting can recover health if you lost any. I did. You can see uh, some of the spirit is restored to the creature. It seems like it's not quivering and shaking as it tries to stand, but it it doesn't have the physical capacity still. It didn't restore the wood that was removed from it or cracked and broken. I felt like I tried to, like, put some pieces back in there. I know, I agree. I was thinking the same thing. Does anybody have any wood glue? Maybe we didn't have any glue, but yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, Copes, this whole way up the mountain has been collecting like the dust and the ash of this other thing so he's using sap from the nearby trees and and trying to like heal up the wounds of this thing i like that idea all right so you're not really like trained in this kind of thing no not at all but you are a druid so i'll give you a not disadvantage for this thank you tyler since i crap on everything else you do i just feel the need to specifically say that i really like that idea thank you jared the one thing i've ever done (laughs) so is that nature or medicine Pick a skill you're good at. Nature is fine, too. Oh, well, wow. Okay. That's a 10. It's a middle of the road. I don't really help, but I don't kill it either. <laughs> so you kind of put the pieces back in place to the best of your ability. You seal it up with this sap that you found. Looks like you more or less got the pieces in the right spot. It tries to put some weight on it, and it just it just breaks into pieces again. Oh, come on. Roll a one. I imagine you put, like, a little stick face on it. Yeah. <laughs> glued some pieces to the front so it's got a little face oh, oh I'm so sorry it's, it's you'd have to be some kind of carpenter or craftsman it looks like to have a good chance at repairing the damage that's been caused here understood I can't is it alive like I said it looks like you restored some energy to it but that doesn't fix its body that's broken there was a there was some limited impact that your magic did have but it's clearly not entirely alive Hey, Cubs, man, like, dude, we did our best, but we're just, we're so badass. We fucked this thing up, man. I know, bro. I just, I want to try to help because it's like a tree thing, but also it might just be magic and it might just be a trapped soul and the trees have nothing to do with it. Maybe we could just put it in a beautiful place and just let it, you know, kind of live out its magic. I agree. Uh, I'm going to cast Conjure Bonfire underneath it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, 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 whoa, bro. I want to send it to a beautiful place. The holla, that's rock and roll, bro. That is so rock and roll. And I pull out a little, it's like a rock drum kit. Got a little bass and a snare and a hi-hat. Start kicking a little beat for it. Copes, uh, you want to say anything, man? Yeah, see, as we praise this creature tonight, as he burns into the heavens to join the ancestral spirits in the stars, let him know that he will now join Sinestra to cruise the cosmos amongst the best, the best creatures to ever grace this planet. Goodbye, friend. You will forever be remembered as part of nature. Amen. As you speak those words, the three little motes of light return, and they join you, circling and dancing in a small ring around the creature as the bonfire consumes it. It doesn't try to flee. It doesn't try to struggle against the flames that lap at its body it just burns and after a few moments as your song completes you say your amen a little wisp of 
something, something magical emerges from, it almost looks like smoke for a moment, but then it, the three little moats circle up towards it and sort of enclose it. They start shedding a bright light, which causes this little wisp of smoke to start forming itself into a shape. It forms itself into one of those little dogs that you saw, one of those little flat-faced dogs that you saw previously, as it jumps and moves around, flying through the air, almost, almost joyous at its newly found freedom. And after a few moments, it looks at the four of you and then offers a quick bark. And then he sprints upward towards the stars. Enjoy your life among the stars. That's where we all belong one day. I did the right thing? I didn't expect anyone to do that, so... Ha-ha! Ha-ha! I did... I did the right thing! I am the chosen one! Hey y'all, just wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening to this week's episode of Discount Heroes. If you don't mind, we'd love it if you took the time to rate us or review us on your platform of choice. And also come back and listen to us next week. We release every Thursday. You can also follow us on Twitter at the DHCast, and we'd love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening to Discount Heroes, where questionable results are always guaranteed.